0: to Speaking Startup, Missouri Business Alert's podcast covering the news and issues important to Missouri entrepreneurs. I'm Casey Murray.
1: And I'm Jack Anstein. On today's episode, we'll look into how Asian American entrepreneurs have been affected by and responded to rising violence towards their community during the pandemic.
0: And later, we'll learn about SPACs, our special purpose acquisition companies. They're a vehicle for private companies to go public and they're seeing a surge in popularity right now.
1: Plus, all of the week's headlines, digits, and other startup news you need to know.
0: So what are we waiting for? Let's speak startup. Jack, do you have any fun weekend plans?
1: Nothing in particular. Um, I usually try to go outside on daily walks and runs, but with the cold weather, I've been kind of trapped inside. How about you?
0: Same here. I've been so excited to get back out on the trail, but it's been so dreary lately. Um, I guess it's lucky that I was going to have a weekend in this week anyway.
1: Same. My roommate's out of town, so I'm just watching her cat, so I'll be hanging out inside with him. But with that, let's get to our headlines.
0: Kansas City area startup, Stackify, has been bought by California-based Netrio. Both companies make systems that monitor information technology. Matt Watson, Stackify's founder and CEO, will become part of Netrio as CTO. The terms of this deal weren't disclosed. Watson also sold his last startup, Vin Solutions, for $147 million. Both Stackify and Netrio were on the latest Inc. 5000 list of the fastest-growing American companies. The acquisition is supposed to help Netrio enhance IT infrastructure management and overall customer experience.
1: St. Louis-based real estate technology startup Transactly has acquired Somo Transactions, a Florida-based company that provides realtors' assistance during transactions. Transactly uses technology to help coordinate real estate transactions for agents and brokerages. Transactly said the acquisition will expand its team and reach more U.S. markets. The two firms said they expect to be fully integrated by the end of April. Terms of the acquisition were not disclosed.
0: St. Louis food startup Hungry Planet has raised $25 million in Series A funding in order to expand operations. The oversubscribed round included investment from St. Louis-based packaged goods company Post Holdings. Hungry Planet develops plant-based meat substitutes and now has products that include replacements for chicken, pork, beef, lamb, turkey, crab, and sausage.
1: Kansas City Metro-based startup Replica has raised $41 million in a round of Series B funding. Replica provides data analysis tools designed to help provide insights to urban planners and policymakers on how people are living and moving through communities. The round was led by Founders Fund and included previous investors, such as Innovation Endeavors, Firebrand, and Sidewalk Labs. Replica expects to use the funding to grow its customer base and to help build new technology. In the future, Replica plans to focus on assisting with the transition into a post-COVID world, infrastructure-related decisions, and more. I'll turn our attention to the Asian American and Pacific Islander entrepreneurial community. The Pew Research Center reports that 4 in 10 Americans say it is more common for people to express racist views about people who are Asian now than before the COVID-19 pandemic. Over the past year, nearly 3,800 anti-Asian hate incidents were reported according to Stop AAPI Hate, over 35 percent of which took place in businesses.
0: I've noticed that racism towards Asian Americans has gained more national attention since the Atlanta shootings last month,
1: where eight people lost their lives, and six of which were Asian American women.
0: Do you know how Asian American and Pacific Islander entrepreneurs have been affected by the tragedy and the community response?
1: I spoke to a couple members of the local Asian American business community to learn how they and their businesses have been affected. The responses I heard from these entrepreneurs varied, from fearing for their safety while running their business. To emphasizing the importance of coming together as a community. The COVID-19 pandemic has impacted different communities around the world in different ways. For many members of the Asian American and Pacific Islander community, it met an increase in hate and violence. This trend became a central part of the national conversation after the Atlanta spa shootings on March 16th, in which eight people, including six Asian women, lost their lives.
2: It really shook me. Um, I guess there's really no other way to describe that. There was a different level of fear that came to owning my business as I saw that more and more business owners that were getting attacked were female and Asian.
1: That's Jackie Nguyen, the owner of Cafe Cafe, a Vietnamese coffee shop in Kansas City. Nguyen says she's aware of the increased attacks the Asian American community has faced. According to Stop AAPI Hate, a nonprofit organization that tracks incidents of discrimination and hate against Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders, nearly 3,800 anti-Asian hate incidents, ranging from verbal harassment to assault, were reported between March, 2020 and February, 2021. The number one site of discrimination where over 35% of these instances took place was businesses.
2: I have to be pretty wary of, you know, protecting me and my other co-worker. But as soon as like those attacks happened, it really like, you know, put my guard up super high because I felt like, whoa, you know, like, am I even more of a, of a target?
1: One way that Win has tried to protect herself is by hiding her identity altogether in public.
2: I feel like my life can be in, in danger. And so I like dress up and kind of like cover my face. That's like a huge lifestyle change, right? Like that's like something you don't want to have to consider. Like, oh God, I hope people don't see that I'm Asian. Like that's really messed up, but it's kind of like what I have had to do.
1: Sumi Okazaki, a New York University psychology professor focused on the impact of immigration, cultural change, and race says one reason for the hate is due to implicit biases that impact the perception of Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders.
3: No matter how many generations Asian-Americans have been in this country, you know, because of uh, differences in cultural traditions or the foods or, you know, manner of dress or other cultural traditions from our heritage countries, that, you know, uh, there's a sense that Asian-Americans are never truly American.
1: Okazaki also says negative political rhetoric connecting Asian-Americans to the coronavirus is another reason for the trend. Chris Benson... The director of marketing for Kansas City-based advertising agency, Timewise Media, says the local Asian American community
3: was affected by this association with COVID-19. Asian businesses and, and Asian events were definitely put on hold because of the pandemic. There was just that stigma. The Chinese, they had to postpone a lot of their events because they were just, you know, like, hey, we can't be doing this now because there's there's the controversy with, you know, the, the coronavirus. Uh, There's some people who might protest against us or who might cause violence.
1: Benson has been a member of the Asian American Chamber of Commerce of Kansas City, or the AACC, for over a decade. Benson says the group helps to strengthen the local Asian American entrepreneurial community. He says that while Asian Americans often get generalized under one label, it's important to understand that there are 48 Asian countries, according to the United Nations, each with their own unique cultures.
3: A lot of the hate or things are, are, are geared toward Chinese, but we're all categorized as one. And that's something that I think that the AACC helps. It binds us, but also segregates us. So people understand like, oh, we're different, but we have a lot of the same influences.
1: After the Atlanta shooting drew attention to trends of anti-Asian discrimination, Benson says he's noticed increased awareness and support of Asian Americans, as well as improved representation.
3: And there's been a shift and a change. And there's a lot of demand for Asians in the marketing world because if you look at commercials and, and what how they're advertising, they're showing a lot of Asian influence. The awareness is definitely there. We're here, there's gonna be more Asian community, more Asian population growth, then we're gonna have a positive impact on, on America as a whole.
1: Nguyen, the Vietnamese coffee shop owner, says her business has experienced this community response as well.
2: We held a vigil, you know, for the victims in Atlanta. And ever since then, our customer base has, you know, doubled in size. Um, Our following on social media has doubled. We've um, found that a lot of the products that we've released that say support Asian-owned businesses, a lot of people are purchasing those. So I've seen a lot of the community come out and help support us in particular.
1: Wynn says she's determined to continue running her business in hopes of amplifying the Asian narrative.
2: I haven't really changed much with my business because in a way, I feel like that's kind of like giving in to the fear tactics of certain people who um, try to be behind the hate crime. So I've tried not to give in to that either.
0: Jack, have you ever heard of a SPAC? A SPAC? No, a SPAC, a special purpose acquisition company.
1: Oh, I've heard of them, but I still have some questions about how they work.
0: Well, SPACs, or blank check companies, as they're sometimes called, are increasingly being used on Wall Street to help companies go public without all the regulations that come with a traditional initial public offering. Now, two St. Louis companies are getting in on the action.
1: So, what's behind the rise in these companies? Why are we hearing about them so often now?
0: Reporter DC Benincasa spoke to some people involved in SPACs to find out more.
4: When Clayton-based startup Varsity Tutors went public earlier this year, it used a procedure that's becoming quite common on Wall Street.
0: The co-working company agreeing to go public through a SPAC merger.
4: The frenzy of space companies going public via SPAC deals continues.
2: Today the company is announcing that it's going public via a SPAC
4: merger. A SPAC, or a special purpose acquisition company, is a financial vehicle that allows a company to raise funds and go public without the regulations and paperwork of a traditional initial public offering, or an IPO. In an IPO, a company sells shares of itself to the public in exchange for cash. Existing shareholders get a chance for liquidity, and the company gets money to help run and grow its business. It's quite a timely process. To register for an IPO, companies need to give government regulators lots of information, board members, future plans, salaries for top executives, and even ways the company might fail or succeed. If regulators approve this information, then the company is eventually put on the stock exchange, where shares of the company can be bought and sold by individuals and institutional investors. However, in a SPAC, investors pool their money together first. After pooling the cash, they form a shell company, the SPAC, sometimes referred to as a blank check company. Then the shell company goes public through the normal process of an IPO. The required business disclosures for SPACs are much lighter than for full-fledged businesses because there are no operations in a SPAC, just the pile of cash that the investors have raised. After the SPAC goes public, the investors use the cash they've raised to acquire another company, effectively taking that company public. This acquired company is known as the Target Company. The Target Company will have gone public without needing to go through any of the regulatory burden of registering for an IPO. John Howe is the Missouri Banker's Chair in the Finance Department at the University of Missouri. He says going public through a SPAC can be more focused and hassle-free than an IPO. You
3: know, if you're the Target Company... All you really need to do is satisfy one, the management team of one SPAC, Um, as opposed to an initial public offering, you've got to try to sell shares to mutual funds and pension funds and retail investors and so forth.
4: In the case of Varsity Tutors, the online learning platform announced in January that its parent company, Nerdy Inc., would be merging with the SPAC TPG Pace Tech Opportunities. Like other online education providers, Varsity Tutors had a surge of usage and spending during the pandemic. Rob Jones is the founding director of the Missouri Education Business Incubator. Even though varsity tutors saw its revenue skyrocket in 2020, he says there could be more competition in the online education industry in the future after the pandemic highlighted its profitability. It's going to be way more important to provide increasing value to districts. And so
3: varsity tutors and the the other entities will have to be innovative in
4: how they provide value to districts. While Varsity Tutors got acquired by a SPAC to go public, another St. Louis area company recently formed a SPAC to take a company public. Post Holdings, a packaged goods company that makes cereals like Honeycomb, Raisin Bran, and Honey Bunches of Oats, announced in February that it is setting up a newly formed SPAC through one of its subsidiaries, Post Holdings Partnering Corporation. According to a press release, the SPAC intends to raise $400 million in order to acquire or merge with a consumer products company. In the last couple years, SPACs have exploded. According to data from SPAC Insider, a website focused on the financial vehicle, the number of SPACs that went public jumped 320% from 2019 to 2020, increasing from 59 to 248 companies. There have already been over 300 new SPAC IPO transactions in 2021. Even celebrities have jumped on the bandwagon. Retired sports stars like Shaquille O'Neal and Alex Rodriguez and pop star Sierra are just some of the high-profile investors who have helped sponsor SPACs in the last couple years. Christy Marvin is the founder and CEO of SPAC Insider. Marvin says there are multiple reasons for the explosion of SPACs in the last two years. First, British billionaire Richard Branson decided in 2019 to make his space tourism business, Virgin Galactic, public as part of a merger deal with social capital Hedo Sophia. Marvin says this decision helped change perception of SPACs, making them appear more conventional and practical. Marvin also says SPACs gave companies a more reliable option to go public because of the certainty of capital. Because of the pandemic and the presidential election in 2020, she says SPACs offered guaranteed liquidity in an extremely volatile stock market year. You have an election year, you have a pandemic going on. And so the traditional IPO market was, for the most part, just not happening.
3: but SPACs, again, you know,
4: you have that certainty
3: of capital. The money's already been raised.
4: While the number of SPACs keeps increasing every day, there are concerns about a bubble. As the SPAC fever intensifies, there's a possibility that SPACs are buying target companies at too high of a price. Howe says there is historical evidence that the long-run performance of many SPACs is poor.
3: The exuberance of, you know, today means there are likely a bunch of SPACs overpaying for their target companies. And as that becomes realized, their their long-run performance
4: is not going to be very good. The long-run outlook for SPACs remains to be seen. But for now, these blank-check companies continue to pile up. I'm DC Benincasa, Missouri Business Alert.
1: Now let's get to the digits of the week, the numbers that matter most in Missouri entrepreneurship. My digit this week is 10.
0: Interesting, Why is that?
1: That's because events management company, Kansas City Fashion Week or KCFW was among 10 regional organizations chosen throughout the U.S. to participate in the inaugural Council of Fashion Designers of America Connects program. The program provides a variety of benefits as well as exposure to professional development workshops for area designers. KCFW said the opportunity would allow it to leverage resources from the largest fashion industry organization in the nation, and to help fashion industry entrepreneurs scale their businesses. What digit have you chosen this week?
0: I've chosen $1 million because St. Louis Arch Grants has announced a new four-year partnership with Bank of America that includes $1 million to fund businesses founded by Black and Hispanic entrepreneurs. Arch Grants is a nonprofit developed to attract early-stage startups to St. Louis and boosts their growth with $50,000 equity-free grants. The contribution from Bank of America is part of a larger commitment of more than $1 billion to boost economic opportunity and equality. Applications for Arch Grants' 2021 Startup Competition close April 30th.
1: That just about concludes our episode. We just need our closing thought. Here's Jackie Nguyen, owner of Cafe Cafe, discussing why she puts ethics at the forefront of her business.
2: I feel like morals and ethics and values should be at the forefront of people's businesses. Cause you know, if businesses are taking money from people, these people have morals and values and you know, like we're not selling our products to robots, you know, like we're selling it to humans who have feelings and emotions and like you should want to tap into that.
0: That's all for this week's episode. This has been Speaking Startup from Missouri Business Alert. This episode was produced, edited, and hosted by Jack Anstein and me, Casey Murray. Our theme music was produced by Elliot Bowman. We'll speak to you next time.